Hello, and welcome to the Stupid Sequels Podcast, where we find truly terrible movies and give them all the attention they don't deserve. Each episode, we'll discuss exactly what made such a horrible sequel, from casting to budget to just plain bad writing. While we all love a great movie, there's something just a little more fun about watching a seriously stupid sequel. Now, while there are plenty of awful sequels out there, we have a few guidelines about the kind of movies we'll be reviewing here. We're talking about direct-to-video, made-for-TV, never-appeared-in-a-theater sequels. The ones the studios gave up on before they even started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stupid Sequels podcast. This week, my guest is Rebecca. That's right, Rebecca, from our OG episode. And we will be discussing Beauty and the Beast, Enchanted Christmas, the sequel to Beauty and the Beast. The one from 1991. So, Becca, what have you been up to since our uh, first episode? I got married. She got married, guys. (laughs) She got engaged and married because she wanted to kill us all. But it was beautiful and it was amazing and I loved it. Yeah, the best day of my life, for sure. And she's trying to leave us now, but I'm not letting her. Shh, my boss doesn't know yet. If your boss listens to my podcast, fire her so she can be free. Free from your tyranny. Free. Okay, so just for comparison, the original got a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, while the sequel only got a 13. Really? 13. I know. So that is an 81% difference. It wasn't terrible. I have to say, this is the best sequel I've watched for this whole show. Yeah, pretty much, because it was pretty true to the story, but there was a little changes to the original story that kind of bugged me. There were slight changes. Like, how the whole, like, date they had was actually on Christmas. Yeah. It was a little weird. Yeah, like, they very much were like, oh, I remember that, uh, Christmas Eve, the night that he got attacked by the wolves. I'm like, oh, that's when that, we're just throwing that in. Okay, well, before we start talking about the movie, let's talk about the original a little bit. Now, the original came out in 1991 with a budget of $25 million and it made $425 million. It was the first animated film to make more than $100 million at box office. The music is by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, who passed away eight months before the film was released. Oh, Cry. So Silent cry. Um, and in the sequel, uh, Rachel Portman and Dan Black did the music and lyrics, and usually the people who do the music and lyrics for the sequel suck. They suck real bad. This woman did the music for Shakola, she did the music for Mona Lisa Smile, The Duchess, Never Let Me Go, and the Dan Black, the guy who did the lyrics, he wrote songs for, like, Andrew Lloyd Webber. He wrote As If We Never Said Goodbye. What? My, yeah. One of my favorite songs ever? Yeah. So, these two are real good. Huh. Which, you could tell, the music was actually way better than the sequels. And the story was actually really well put together. So... It was shoehorned. It was. For sure. It was. And so, I think they expected to do better because Beauty and the Beast did so well. Yeah, and definitely this one, they said it was planned from the beginning that it would be a theat... It would not be a theatrical release. That was definitely something they did on purpose. When they wrote it and put it together, it was always meant to be a straight-to-DVD release or straight-to-VHS release, which I think shows. Because oh, yeah. the budget is higher because they're not working so hard on, on marketing and such. Um, so, really, the entire original cast returned. 
Paige O'Hara as Belle, Robbie Benson as the Beats, Jerry Orbach as Lumi Air, Angela Lansbury as Mrs. Potts, Joanne Worley as the Wardrobe. The only person who didn't return is Chip, and it's just because he got older. Yeah. And you know who Chip was in the sequel? Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> really? Yeah, they did not cheap out. Um, in the sequel, we also have Bernadette Peters as Angelique, Paul Rubens, who you may know as Pee Wee Herman, as Fife, and Tim Curry as Forte. They intentionally cast Broadway actors in the original and sequel because they had hope of transferring them to stage productions, which they clearly did with the first, uh, not so much with the second, which, God, wouldn't you love to see the Enchanted Christmas like at Disneyland? I would love to see it on Broadway well, yes. during Christmas time. But it's only an hour long. But it would be so Christmas cheery. It'd be very cute. Or they should do, like, a combined, like, all of the Christmas. Like, you just go to see Beauty and the Beast, and then they just add, like, 30 minutes in the middle. It's like, Enchanted Christmas. Like, so Angela Lansbury did not want to sing the title song of the movie. So the producers lied to her. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got another actress, but, like, just in case she doesn't work out, can we just get one take from you? Just, like, as a safety. And she was like, okay. And that single first original take is what's in the movie. Shut up. Because Angela Lansbury is a goddess. God damn it. So the rights, uh, much like The Little Mermaid, they were purchased in 1930, but Walt Disney couldn't get the animation effects that he wanted, so it was shelved until the technology was available. Um, Sherry Stoner was the animation reference for both Belle and Ariel. Yeah. Yeah. She's so cool. Um, it was nominated for Best Picture. Haha, <laughs> I wrote Beast Picture. It was nominated for Best Picture, but it lost to Silence of the Lambs. I'm like, oh. I cannot imagine the Oscars were those of your two for best movie. That really is a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Belle is the first brown-haired princess. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I was like, well, it's Snow White, but Snow White's black. Yeah. So, I don't know. Brown hair is just considered average, quote-unquote. So, it's not princess material. She's gorgeous. Um... It was the first Disney feature to use 3D CGI, which they used for uh, the ballroom. And the dancing animation for Belle and Beast is traced straight off of Sleeping Beauty because they were running out of time. That It looks very familiar from Sleeping Beauty, All actually. the wide shots are just trees. Huh. Um, so the song Human Again was written for the original, but then, and it was even recorded and partially animated, but then it was cut. Uh, but when they re-released it in 2002, they fully animated it. And Human Again was added to the Broadway version. Um, Paige O'Hara sobbed real tears when she was recording um, The Beast's Death. And her performance was so intense, the director's like, are you okay? And I'm going to just do this. Like, imagine you're like Paige O'Hara crying in your sound booth and ask me if I'm okay. <laughs> are you okay? Acting! <laughs> she just popped up and was like, acting bitch! <laughs> I fucking love her. I would do that. So, Beauty and the Beast Enchanted Christmas, guys, it's not a sequel. It's not a prequel. It is a midquel. Yeah, that's definitely a first. It's a midquel, guys. There's a couple midquels out there. They are few and far between, but this is our first midquel. It was originally planned to be a full sequel with Gaston's younger brother, Avignon, coming to seek revenge, but they're like, no, that's stupid. I want to see Avignon. Avignon! They're like, remember Gaston's brother, who he never talked about, was definitely not in the original? He's coming for revenge. Well, you know what? Actually, that would make sense, because Gus he was just such a narcissist. So I don't think he would acknowledge anyone other than himself. Yep. And guys, this is a stupid sequel's first. This is an award-winning sequel. It got 
Best Direct-to-Video Production for the WACs, and Best Director of a Home Video. Huh. Award-winning, guys! Hell yeah. What? What? Uh, so as most of y'all know, it was remade this year with Emma Watson and Dan Stevens. It was good. Was it better than the original? Of course not. Can Emma Watson sing as good as Paige O'Hara? That's a stupid question. Can Dan Stevens sing better than Robbie? It was weird. I loved him on Downton Abbey, but I did not love him in this. It was just... It was so weird. It was just really awkward. I don't know if I can't ever see him as anything but Matthew ever. Maybe it's like a Harry Potter effect, you know? I mean, I get the technology is there. I don't ever need to see a live version of Beauty and the Beast. It just... And also, they totally... They shit, shit the bed with Cogsworth. Not Cogsworth. With Lumiere. Because he wasn't a candlestick. He was just a little gold dude. Yeah, that was weird. Which I did not like. And also that they could just fly. They just yeah. could straight up fly. I mean, Cogsworth was perfect. He was perfect. He was perfect. And so was Mrs. Potts. And so was Chip. There was... I mean, they did well in certain aspects, but... In the, in the big picture of it all, I was like, oh, this is a good for nostalgia, but you shouldn't have done this. But if you were going to remake it, and you're like, oh, we're going to add some songs in. Uh, you had Human Again, you had Home, and you had A Change in Me, which are all in the Broadway version. And I think A Change in Me won a Tony. I yeah. think so. Didn't put any of them in because, sorry, Emma Watson can't sing. She can talk in rhythm. Yeah, and that and that's fine. And... It's not her fault. It's just it was their fault for casting yeah. her. Casting her. And I'm or, sorry. Yeah, for a live action. Biggest disappointment of the whole movie. Belle's dress. Such a disappointment. It I never looked like an off the rack Windsor prom dress. It did. I mean, the costumes that you could get children were better. Like literally, Belle's costume at the Disneyland parks in the parades is better. It 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 didn't look appropriate for the period at all. Nope. Terrible. It looked completely modern. The glitter, the whole glitter thing, it just looked like glitter wasn't a thing. And, and I mean, they tried to do that whole thing with like the gold leaves and stuff, but like it just looked so cheap. It did. And it it made me so upset because they did so well with the castle. It was totally baroque. Like, baroque, don't fix it. But, <laughs> but every, her dress was not baroque at all. Like, you no. need to, you know, assimilate with everything. Like, I understand that Emma Watson wanted to be more her, but I'm sorry, you're not Belle. You're Emma Watson, and you're playing a character. That's what yeah. being an actress is. And Emma Watson's whole thing was she said, like, when Belle's in her, like, everyday clothes, she goes, like, oh, Belle didn't wear, I didn't wear a corset because I feel like Belle wouldn't wear a corset. And I'm like, fair enough. Fair, okay, but you still had clothing that was, you had the dress that was right, you had the bloomers, which, like, you tucked your skirt into because, like, fuck you, I don't want to wear it. But, like, that was at least appropriate. The dress, I swear you could see the zipper up the back. That was awful. Zippers weren't invented. Like, even if you're not doing a corset, you have to do that lace up back to get a dress that tight. Especially if you're going to make the Beast and his masquerade so fucking, fucking amazing. The Beast masquerade opening scene, when I saw that, I'm like, this movie's going to be fucking lit. I mean, it was so appropriate for the time. So why did you ruin the most important aspect for all us girls that grew up with Belle's dress? I was Belle when I was two years old. She like, was. that was a thing. I have and pictures. so it's awful to, to see her coming down those beautiful, baroque, gorgeous stairs and seeing this just boring, 
It made. It looked like it was made in two minutes. Yeah. And apparently they made one dress that just, like, they put it on Emma Watson and it just overwhelmed her. Like, they were like, she looked like she was drowning in whipped cream. It looked so stupid. So they had to throw this secondary dress together really quickly. And because the first one overwhelmed Emma Watson so much, they're like, oh, well, what do you typically wear? And they pretty much let Emma Watson design a dress, which if I saw that coming down the red carpet, I'd be like, oh, okay. But it wasn't Belle's dress. Nope. All right. Um, are we ready to review the sequel? Yes. Okay. So my first thing when I heard like the opening orchestra, okay. Other thing about the sequel that they also did for the original, they had the full orchestra in the room recording with the singers and you can hear it. You can tell. Um, which you can totally tell because the music is so rich and like literally the first line of my review is finally a sequel with the budget for their music. For real though, everything, the like title song was just, just I started singing along. Like it just reminded me of like Polar Express and like a hymn at the same time. It's so pretty. It's, it's so, so pretty. pretty. I was singing along to most of them. Um, so we have a flash forward or flashback. The whole movie is a flashback. So this is like post original movie. So Chip is running through the hall with his dog as a human. All the villagers are singing up to the castle. They're singing deck the halls. It's snowing. They're decorating. Um, Lumiere is decorating. Cogsworth is undecorating. Um, they're all, um, they have ornaments of their cursed forms hanging on the tree. It's like, Remember when we were cursed to live as inanimate objects? Let's have those memorialized in stained glass. Yeah. Hang them on a tree. I thought that was weird. I probably, if I was a teapot for like 20 years, I probably could not look at a teapot any longer. No. Or I'd probably smash like all the teapots. PTSD when she like goes to make teapots. <laughs> yes. Um, so there you go. Like, well, this Christmas is way better than last year. The one where you were all cursed objects? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> It's not exactly a far reach. You have such high goals for yourself. So Cogsworth is like, oh yes, when I saved Christmas. And Lumiere's like, oh, I think you mean when I saved Christmas. No, I okay. saved Christmas. Can we just I acknowledge the fact that like all of these sequels start with that? They're like fighting over who's telling the story. Uh-huh. And Cinderella. it's always like the grandmother. Yeah. And Mrs. Potts is like, well, let me tell you a story. I'm like, fun fact, guys, Belle saved the day. I'm going to tell you that right now. No shit. Oh, and can we just acknowledge that Chip opened a present and saw socks, and I was like, you know, when I was a kid, this episode, this scene was very like, oh, that sucks, That's kid. But then now I watched it as an adult, and I was like, yeah, you socks. got new socks. That's awesome. And then you kind of remember the historical fact that socks didn't come cheap. No, socks were a big deal. You little ungrateful teacup shit. <laughs> Oh my god, have you seen that like combo gif and it's Thor with the mug and he goes, oh, I like this, another smash! And then it's just a picture of Mrs. Potts looking horrified. Oh my god. That was my son! My mom. Okay, the one moment where I like fully almost cried in the remake of Beauty and the Beast is when Chip is sliding down the stairs when they're all turning into objects and Mrs. Potts is like, my son! Where's my son? He's like, mama! And he looks like he's about to smash on the yes, fucking floor. Yes, that was terrible. That was terrible. And oh the coat rack catches him. I was like, okay, I was fully, like, about to crack. Like, I knew Chip wasn't going to die, but I was like, oh, get him! Get him! Oh, my God! Okay, so we have, like, flashback, 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 and Mrs. Potts is like, oh, yes, 
It was the night after Bell got attacked by those wolves. Oh, it was the night after the ma- the master got attacked by wolves and Bell saved him. I'm like, well, that's a rewriting of history. Yeah, right? <laughs> and that's what I felt like they did for some... Like, that was the only issue I had with the you sequel. You mean when Bell was running away from him, the beast came after her, wolves were attacking her, they jumped on him, and Bell was like, should I leave him to die? Nah. Nah. I'll be good. I'll be a good person. I'll be um, rewarded in the afterlife. I'll come back as a bird and The animation... Is a solid 7 out of 10. Yeah. It was a little weird sometimes. It's like we didn't have time for the detail work because we were doing the CGI for Forte. It almost looked like they were painting it. Yeah. And for the background, at least. Like, yeah. Like the kitchen. Like you could see it was painted yeah. and then the rest were drawn. Like it was very, very... It was, it was a weird contrast between animations. Yeah. So apparently the day after the wolf attack was Christmas Eve. <laughs> I know. So the timeline was very skewed. Like because in the movie It, it took a while for them to actually like each other. The wolf attack happens and then they say there's something that it wasn't there before. And that's like their montage. And it's like, like a couple days. She right? gets the library, yeah. they go ice, it's all that cute thing. And then at the very end of all that is which is we'll get there. We'll get there. Um so it's Christmas Eve and so Belle's like, let's go ice skating. And she's, like, fucking, of course, fantastic. And the beast sucks because he's a beast. Yep. He can't ice skate. Um, okay, can you, as avid ice, ice skaters as we are, one, two, three is not a thing. No. Can we just establish that? It's, it's one, not an ice two, take, one, skating two, thing. One, That's two. dancing. And if I had taught the beast that, he would have died. He would. And also, the beast <laughs> is skating on his bare feet. Yeah. And he's huge. He probably would have broken the eyes. Broken the eyes. Broken. Oh, my God. She's an English teacher. I know. That was terrible. Sorry. Teach the children. And then we hear... Forte. Tim Curry. Oh, my God. Is a giant pipe organ named Forte. Maestro Forte. Maestro Forte. And um, Lil Pee Wee um, is Fife the Fife. What's your name? Fife. He has this giant, creepy CGI face. He must be, like, 30 feet tall. Because at one point, the beast is right in front of his face. And the beast and his face are the same height. Yep. And he's the whole room. He's fucking giant. Um, And he plays, like, so loud, like, the ceiling shakes. And he's like, I'm playing to bring the house down. (laughs) I love his puns. So much. Because it's Tim All Curry. the music puns. It was great. And it's Tim Curry. Oh, it's the best. Um, and Fife's like, well, I don't know. Is that the best? And he's like, but Fife, I wrote you a solo. And he's like, solo? I want a solo. I'm so bad. So that's clearly how he keeps it. He's this, like, musical master. And he's going to promise Fife this, like, life-changing solo. So I got, like, many things from Forte. I got, you know that goo stuff from Fergully? Yes. Well, that's also Tim Curry. Yeah, I know. But it was just so, like, it just blended together Similar for me. animation. It was, no, not similar animation. The way it was, like, the way he acted, it was, like, the same character. Yeah. Uh, Tim Curry, generic animated villain. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So, it was, it made it much more fun. Yeah. So, Forte is unhappy with all the merriment. And it's so funny. Because Fife goes... Come look at the window. He goes, oh, yes. I'll just pick myself up. Oh, wait. I can't. I'm built into the wall. Like, I love 
yells. And then he gets mad because um, the beast is connecting with Belle, and he's like, oh, Fife, go let it wither on and you're the like, vine. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's and you're great. like, wait, why does, why does my Forte hate happiness? So basically, we get a cutback later, but basically, he plays really depressing music, and if the beast is happy, he doesn't like his music anymore. Yeah, he's kind of... Okay, so have you seen the Amazon Prime, like, special lore? No. Okay, so it's about, like, the history of superstitions, Mm -hmm. which is, like, an obsession for me. It's kind of terrible. (laughs) And um, it was originally a podcast. Yeah, and they made it a miniseries, and it was amazing. And one of the episodes is talking about dolls, and it's called Richard the Doll. And I just watched that the night before I watched this, mm-hmm. and I Forte was definitely a Richard the Doll. Just like didn't want anyone his to be happy. master to be happy with anyone else but him, and it was just kind of creepy. <laughs> it's real creepy, 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 creepy. Um, so. Beast is a horrible... He can, he can sort of ish skate, and Fife, like, blows a, like, dog whistle, and, like, throws himself onto the ice, and then the Beast trips over him, mm-hmm. and Belle's like, I'm gonna make a Christmas angel. I'm like, it's called a snow angel. Right? I did that, too, and I was like, you know, it kind of looks like my mom's Christmas angel that she used to put on the top of the tree. I know, but when you fall down into the snow and wave your arms and legs around, it's called a snow angel. She just wanted everything to be Christmas. She just wanted to say Christmas. Which is the she's probably the annoying girl that like loves Christmas love, music I on November first. You guys suck if you like Christmas. Monsters. Christmas is after Thanksgiving. Respect Thanksgiving, please. Black Friday is the first day of Christmas. Seriously. Listen to Christmas music then. But cause by the time Christmas comes around, You're sick I'm of the music. so fucking sick of the music. Do you say literally listening to Christmas music for too long can give you heart problems? No way. Uh-huh. I read this article on Reddit. <laughs> I read it on Reddit. And it said basically like hearing Christmas music signals to your brain like get ready to be fucking stressed. Because you have so much fucking tired and fucking fat. And so usually you only listen you only listen to it for three weeks out of the year. So like that's not that much damage to your heart. But listening to it all the way in November, you're doing your, that to yourself for seven weeks. It's literally bad for your heart, guys. Don't do it, please. I mean, this is coming out the first week of December, so it's too late for you who have. But don't do it next year. Um. So the beast tries to make a snow angel, but it's just the shadow of a monster. And so he proceeds to act like a monster and ruin it. He just, like, smashes it. And the beast is like, I hate Christmas. I'm going to go talk to Forte. And Forte's just like, wah, wah, wah. I almost thought he was playing Haunted Mansion for a second. Right? Like, And he's like, the music, it helps me to forget. And I love the human version of Forte, though. Okay, beast. Oh, the human version of Forte is creepy as I know, but he has, like, a powdered face and has that powdered wig that's long. and He looks like, like Rasputin. He does, and that's why I love him for some reason. I don't know. Okay, guys, I want to do the sequel to Anastasia so bad, but Anastasia's not even in it. It's Bartok's Great Adventure. But it's so cute. It's so cute, but it's literally just about Bartok. It's barely a sequel. It's that's like, true. Remember Bartok? He also did some shit, like... It would be so hard to review because it has literally nothing to do with Anastasia. It's like the Minions movie. Um, mm-hmm. So Belle is like, why is it being such a big grump grump at Christmas? And Chip's like, what is Christmas? I'm like, you're eight, dude. 
you're, you're like, you're, if anything, you're six. Yeah, and when you turn into a cup, you knew what Christmas was because apparently that's when the freaking beast he, turned. <laughs> he turned, so the, he was having a Christmas party and the enchantress rolled up. Why was the prince alone on Christmas? Where are his parents? Where did his parents go after he was transformed? How did this small French town not notice that their royal had gone missing? Which they do fix in the remake. Yeah, like, they do. A curse was placed on them, so they forgot. So that's why the Beast hates Christmas. Um, and he's like, we don't talk about Christmas in here. I skipped to that whole part, but whatever. So Belle's like, I'm going to give him a present. I know. I'll write him a story. And we have the first song of the, sh- of the movie. Is, I'll read him stories okay. of minute, 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 minute. I love it. It's so, so cute. I love that sequence because all of the books are so appropriate for the time period. Mm-hmm. So appropriate. Like the ink and the pictures. They do this like special animation and it shows Belle like running through the stories in the story. Yeah. It's and it so stays pretty. true to what they would have at that time period. But the only thing that irked me, because I'm a weirdo, mm-hmm. is the fact that she wasted a piece of paper. What? You know the beginning, how she, like, starts drawing with the quill and, and oh, yeah. she's following Chip? Mm-hmm. She wasted one sheet of paper. Do you know how expensive that fucking paper is? And that paper was probably someone's son. Yeah. <laughs> and the ink. Just, like, why? Oh, my God. It just hurt my soul. So, she's like, come on, guys, we gotta have Christmas. And Cogsworth is like, no, no Christmas. The Master Book begins Christmas. It was very painful for him. And Belle's like, well, maybe it'll cheer him up if we give him Christmas and we do all the things. And Cogsworth's like, okay, but we gotta keep a secret. But can you just acknowledge the fact that the wine glasses wine? Pish posh. I think it's a wonderful idea. But the Master doesn't want it. His castle, his rules. It's not fair. He's right! It's not fair! Don't whine, glasses. Sorry! <laughs> like, I just, I rewound, rewound that because... It's so clever. It's just, they're it's like, just perfect. So I fun. loved it! Oh my god. So Chip and Belle are climbing up the stairs for all the Christmas stuff. Um, and Lumiere, you dirty dog, he has a second girlfriend. That's what I thought. I was like, you, What you, about your you, girlfriend, you. the feather duster? I know. And she was hardly in it. Oh, can we just acknowledge the fact that the wardrobe wasn't in it either? Yeah. And that could have irked me. Yeah. I love the wardrobe. She's sweet. Like, where did Belle get that jacket from? It's Joanne Worley. I love her. But can we just say, Belle wearing a coat over her normal dress is not enough. warm? It's not enough. That was dumb. She was really froze. I mean, it was a cute coat, that like burgundy thing yeah, with the rose. But she could have worn like you know a heavy like burgundy dress under it. Yep. Well, she had to save her burgundy dress for the end of the movie. Oh, that's true. Um. So, Lumiere has a second girlfriend, Angelique, the Christmas angel, who is birded at Peter's, fully just doing the same voice that she does in Anastasia. Yep. Because they were f- recording them at the same time. No. You lucked out, girl. How easy. <laughs> I'm going to be this very French fluffy thing and I'm going to like it. Like, just that. And she's doing that the whole time. And Angela Lansbury was doing Anastasia at the same time as the Duchess. Ha! Literally, like, Bernadette and Peters would, like, leave from the Disney one, drive over, do Anastasia, drive. Like, they were, like, carpool buddies. That's awesome. 
twice the money, bitches. And this is before the two of them have their like one or the other, you must decide. Like, yeah. Um so Fife sneaks up behind all of them, he sees, he's like, Oh my god, they're putting together Christmas. Um Angelique is like, No, you I won't get my hopes up because every year they tell me there will be Christmas and there's no Christmas. Uh, hate it. And then they sing my favorite song in the whole movie. Yep. As long as there's Christmas. It was so pretty. It's a, as long as there's, there's Christmas. I truly believe. Oh, it's so pretty. So pretty. Ah, I literally wrote this song was my jam. Seriously. I still remember it. And usually from the sequels, I don't remember mm-hmm. the songs, but I remember that one. I remember that one. Um, and the castle decorates itself. Because it's easy as fuck. Yeah. That was awesome. They don't have a tree, so they, like, decorate, like, pots and pans stacked on top of each other. That annoyed me. I was just like, go get a damn tree. Well, that's a whole thing. They do go eventually, I know. But the first time, I don't remember that. So I'm like, why don't you just get a tree? My favorite thing is when they lift Angelique to the top. She goes, What are you doing? Stop, stop, stop. Put me down. Put me down. This is ridiculous. Everyone knows that the lights go on fast. in the movie. I know. Um, so Fife goes to snitch and he's like, they're doing Christmas and the Beast is pissed off because as we discussed before Christmas was the day he was cursed. Um, but we see Fife and he's like, oh master, I have a song for you. Wah, 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 wah. And the Beast is like, what the fuck is that depressing music? I know. And so you're like, oh. So if the Beast is happy, he doesn't like gloomy, doomy, depressing music. But when he's all like sad and wallowy, he likes... Oh, this is why Forte wants him to be depressed. Yeah, because generally, you like music that attunes to your mood. You're not going to listen to sappy music when you're really happy. You're going to listen to fun music. I had an ex who was like, why do you do that? And I'm like, do what he goes. Why do you listen to sad music when you're already sad? I'm like, that's what you do. He goes, because it fuels your emotion. You're just like, no, someone else than me is sad. Yeah, because he goes, oh, when I'm sad, I listen to happy music. I'm like, oh, when I hear happy music when I'm sad, I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm I like, hate you in your stupid life. There's a reason we broke up. Um, <laughs> So Beast goes to stop Christmas. Now, Cogsworth says over and over, like 500 times, it's a secret. It's a secret. It's a secret. It is a secret. Keep that in mind. So Belle goes down to the boiler room with, um, and he meets Axe. Axe I love Axe. And his Axe is... Who he's, is that? I, I don't have it written that down. That actor, yeah. But he's super Jewish. Yep. Which is a little offensive. It's, yeah, because... Hatchet faces a joke having a big nose. No, I just got that right now. <laughs> oh, look at these... I hate these lungs and look at it. Oh, my God. Like, just talking like that. And, and then when, I, when they use it to chop the tree, he goes... Oh, this jumping. Oh, this headache. I could get a song. I don't know. Like, it's <laughs> real bad. It really is, but it was kind of a highlight. When I was a kid and I didn't get the anti-Semitism of that, oops, Disney, um, I thought it was really fucking funny. It was. And it's still funny. I'm sorry. So the voice of Axe is, I'm looking it up, looking it up, is Jeff Bennett. Don't know who that is. <gasps> He's Petrie in Land Before Time! Oh my god. He's Raj in Camp Laszlo. He's Kowalski in Penguins of Madagascar. He's Kowalski? <gasps> I love this 
I knew I loved him. I loved this man. I had a feeling. I was like, who is that? I know you from somewhere. Oh, my God. I just wish he had said good to build a He's in <laughs> The Little Mermaid, The Return of Jafar, The Land Before Time. He's in the Gargoyles movie. <gasps> I need to start watching He's in All Dogs again. Go to Heaven. He's the singing voice of the centipede in James and the Giant Peach. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, we my God. made a discovery. He's in Pocahontas 2. He's in An American Tale. All my favorite movies. He's on right Dexter's there. Laboratory. Oh, my God. He's favorite on Scooby Doo. He's in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh, my God. He's in The Flintstones. He's in Return to Neverland. He's in Cinderella 2 Dreams Come True, just as, like, additional voices. He's he's the voice of one of the rowdy rough boys on Powerpuff Girls. You're welcome. Oh, my God. What's his name again? Oh, my God. He's Dr. Hamsterville in Stitch the Mute movie. Jeff Bennett. God damn, Jeff Bennett. Good job, Jeff Bennett. You're like the male Tara Strong. And You're I phrased it exactly like that for a reason. I know. <laughs> uh, Tara Strong is my hero. Tara, if you ever want to be on my podcast, I'll pay you. It will be $1 because I'm poor. <laughs> It'll be a whiskey shot. <laughs> it, I'll pay you in love and adoration. Um, so Belle is looking for a Yule log. Okay, there's a boiler. A full-on boiler in the basement of this closet. This movie... At latest, took place in the 1740s. Boilers weren't invented until 1867. And also, you think if the castle had central heating, that'd be a bit of a bigger deal. Yep. Duh. Um, They always mention how cold it is in all the other movies. Yeah. The boiler looks like the vacuum from um, Brave Little Toaster. Right? He totally looks like... He totally does. Um, So the Beast is like, what are you doing down here? And she's like, I'm getting a Yule log for Christmas. Girl! Have we not said like five million times Christmas is a secret? Yeah. I think she was tired of it being a secret. And she wasn't like, I'm getting a Yule log for what? For Christmas? Shit. Like she was like, I'm getting a Yule log for Christmas. She did try to hide it though. And he's like, what's this? And he thought maybe she was going to hit him with it or something. She could have been like, it's a log beast. It's a piece of wood. It's cold in my room. Like... Well, it's so dumb. She's never good at lying, I don't think. Um, and so she's like, we all put a... <laughs> Paige O'Hara is like, she's leaning into the princess voice a little bit hard. She goes, we all stand around the fire on Christmas Eve, and we all lay our hands upon the log. And, and make a wish. And everybody makes a special Christmas wish. Log. It's a wonderful tradition. One log is chosen, and everyone in the house touches it and makes a Christmas wish. Like, her voice, I'm like, Paige, my hair, what are you doing? That was weird. Okay, the, I, I listened to Movie Bitches, which is a super funny YouTube channel. They review, they, they review movies, they review RuPaul's Drag Race, they review Project Runway, they're super funny. And Avril, one of the hosts, it's Avril and Andrew, Avril goes, I just realized that Paige O'Hara was doing her very best Judy Garland impression. Papa! Papa, where are you in this castle, Papa? He'll never let me leave. She's just doing Judy Garland. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, that makes sense now. And she goes, and he goes, oh, did you make a Christmas wish last year? And she's like, yeah. He goes, was this what you wished for? That was pretty fucking good. Oh, That was girl. like, dude, knife in the gut. Like, just, oh, 
Oh, he's like, that thing? And he's like, I guess Christmas wishes don't work. And it's like, ouch! He did have a point. <laughs> and she's like, I, I know what it's like to have everything taken away from you, even your freedom. And, and he's like, yeah, me too, bitch. I'm trapped in this castle too. Um, and then they storm off. Well, you know, he, he kind of deserved it, and she kind of was just there. Yeah. She kept her mouth shut and been like, it's a log. Bye. They would have been fine. I think maybe she was worried that he would react like that in front of everybody. Which he it, does anyway. Yeah, I know. But she was like, oh, maybe this will soften the blow. <laughs> um, so Chip is super excited for Christmas. He's known about it for a whole ten minutes. Um, okay. Are we talking about the Christmas trees? Uh, almost there, almost there. Okay. Um, so, she, and he, and Belle's like, there won't be a Christmas chip. The beast has forbade it. And he's like, so? And she's like, good point, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's, let's go over a tree. And she, she has wrapped a present for the beast, and she puts it by the rose. Which I'm like, mm-hmm. girl, you're not supposed to be in the West Wing. That's what I thought, too. I was like, you're going to be... Oh, wait, no, because the fight between the wolves thing had already happened. So she was already in the West Wing. So don't tell... He's already mad at you for Christmas. You just got him attacked by wolves yesterday. And now you're going to fucking be like, hey, I know you hate Christmas and you hate me being in the West Wing. So I'm going to put your Christmas present in the West Wing. Fuck you. (laughs) And now they go to get a tree. Okay, so I have to tell you... When I was watching this, I was fairly under the influence, but... Of how many substances? One. The green kind. There we go. So... We live in California. It's legal. Um, no. So let me, let me tell you about okay. this. Okay. So all of the trees, I think, are penises. What? <laughs> okay. I have it written down my notes. I think maybe I was high, but there was kind of a correlation. Her husband's away for the weekend, guys. You gotta forgive her. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> maybe that was it. But if you think about it, okay, so the first tree they go up to is like a Charlie Brown tree. Too scrawny. Too scrawny. Tiny penis. <laughs> and then um, he calls it pitifully puny. This one curves to the left. That one curves to the left. Okay, it's penises. There's penises all over the Christmas trees that they look for on the grounds. They're all penises. Penis trees. Right? Yeah. Oh my god. And the one she picks is big and full. A little bit of bush at the bottom. With a little bit of bush at the bottom. So it's perfect tree. Hence, perfect penis. Oh my god. I just like slammed my makeup into my notebook. That was um, awesome. See? I told you. Yep. I had a good point. You did. Um, so while they're, uh, they walk around the whole grounds of the castle and all the trees suck. And so they're like, oh, let's keep walking around. And so it flashes back inside and Mrs. Potts is like, ooh, beast. There's a, or no, not, not Mrs. Potts. Lumiere is like, Oh, there's a present beast. And he goes, from who? He goes, it's from a girl. he goes, Mrs. Mrs. Potts. So, he really is a 21-year-old boy. No, he has a mama issues. I think he has a little tiny crush on Mrs. Potts. Ooh, mommy issues. See? Because he has no mommy. Yeah, because didn't she, like, die or something? 
Yep. She got sick, right? We don't know what happened to him. Her. No, it was in the live action, remember? We saw what happened to Belle's mom. She was the one who died in Paris of the plague. No, because they used the flashback between... Of, uh, what's it? Oh, that's right. Beast, yeah, Beast Mom died too. And they're like, and then his father became a beast and we let him. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Beast Mom died too. Um, you think we would have fought it over that more? Yeah, I know. Um, so Forte is like, I hate this. Um, and the Beast is like, I want you to write a happy song for Belle. And Forte goes, but happy songs are so depressing. And love songs are even worse. Okay, this song was beautiful. What's next? Wedding matches. It's not time for it yet. I got so excited. I'm like, oh, what's the song? It's the song. And it's not. I was yep. so sad. Cut back. Um, and so fight. Forte's like, I need to think. Fight. Pace for me. Because Forte can't leave the wall. That was so sad. Oh. So he's like, fight. Go follow the girl. So Chip is complaining about all the trees, blah, blah, blah. And then they hear Forte playing. And... Belle, like, traces it back through the castle. She hears Fife and Forte. And she's like, oh, my God, these are beautiful. Um, and he's like, oh, you're, and he goes, I hear you're making Christmas. And she's like, yeah, I am. He goes, so do you have the uh, turkey? Uh-huh. The pudding? Uh-huh. The trimmings, the mistletoe, the holly? Uh-huh. The tree? I loved it. No. It was drawn out. It was beautiful. And she like, knew that they didn't have the tree. And he's like, and... Chip is like, oh, the trees are too shrampy. Penises. And Forte's like, well, there's some great trees in the Black Forest. And she's like, no, I promised to be, so I would stay on the castle grounds. I wouldn't leave them. I'm like, if you go right up to the edge, it doesn't count. You know, I kind of feel like that dude from Superbad who keeps drawing penises because I could see a penis reference in the Black Forest. She likes big Black Forest, guys. Yep. <laughs> see? Penis reference. Oh, my God. And so then Forte says, oh, you're right. Keeping your word is much more important than bringing joy to others. Wow. This is like every boyfriend I had in high school manipulation level. Yeah. He is an abusive boyfriend in high school. And she's like, you're twisting my words. He's like, I'm just saying what you're saying. Like, um, And she's like, you're right. And he's like, well, you know, the tree was his favorite. So you should really go get one. And she's like, you're right. I'm going to go get a tree. Um, and so the beast, no, so she goes to the Black Forest. Oh, she goes to the back, so she's heading to the Black Forest, and the beast wants to hear his song, and... No, because he asked Forte to write a song for For Belle, Belle. for her Christmas present, and she's in the Black Forest, and he planned to have her over for, like, dinner, and... Yeah, and he's like, where's Belle? And, like, the servants have, like, just finished, like, cleaning everything up. Or they finish, like, decorating everything, and the Beast is like, she's gone, she left me again, and he flips out. Um, no, he's flipped out yet, because he makes Forte sing to Deck the Halls. And so... Best Deck the Halls ever. So when Forte is, like, writing his music, like, there's music paper on his thing, and as he writes it, the music notes, like, magically appear, and they're all beautiful. In green. In green. And so when he's singing Deck the Halls, it's like... (laughs) And, like, the music notes are, like, all shitty. And they're blotchy. Like, someone wrote them with too much ink. Mad. And the Beast is like, I don't hear singing. And Forte goes, (gasps) (laughs) Forte, play Belle's song. (gasps) You're not singing. 
deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. Louder! Tis the season. A bit more tea, sir. Good for the heart. I'm laughing my ass off. Yeah, it it's just, so fucking funny. It was great, and I always feel that way about Deck the Halls. Anyway, that's my least favorite Christmas song ever. You don't like to dom me now or gay apparel? No, I don't. Um, so the bees like, I can't find Belle anywhere, and Fort is like, Why don't you use the mirror to look for her? Oh yeah, the mirror exists, guys. Um, and he sees her just walking through the woods, like no causes. He's like, she left me again. And Forte plays, don't fall in love. Yep. Ooh, which is every. Hey, did you ever feel heartbroken in eighth grade? Well, then you have heard Forte's "Don't Fall in Love." It was kind of like Adam Sandler's "Love Stinks." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. And there's all these like demon green glowy baby cupids. Oh, I loved them because you know Cupid was actually like An that. <laughs> so it was actually mythology accurate. So there's all these like creepy little like grown because like when he plays music, all this green stuff comes out. So it's these green little glowing cupids, and they're like poking the beast in the face and like being mean and like popping out of the walls, and they're all shitty assholes. And he's like, "Don't fall in love." Um. So then he comes down and smashes everything. Yep. And Angelique is like, "I knew it was too soon to hope for love." Like or like she's super sad on Christmas. Um. So Belle Chip. Fife and the axe are all in the forest and they find the perfect tree. And they're, oh, and Philippe, the horse. Yep. So they decide, well, this is a 2,000 pound horse. Let's walk across this frozen lake. That was dumb. Like fucking morons. Idiots. They, they had too much Christmas hope. Too much eggnog. <laughs> um, you're supposed to be the smart princess, Belle. What the fuck? You read so many books. So. Lumiere is like, oh, there's the girl. And he clockboards down the hill. He just rides Cogsworth face down the hill. Yep. Um, and they chop down the tree and it's perfect. And the axe goes, happy Hanukkah. Because Disney cares about multiculturalism, guys. The Jewish character just yelled happy Hanukkah out of context. Um, so Fife purposely like plays a high note. So Philippe the horse freaks out and smashes the ice. Um, and they all fall through. Oh, Chip falls through it. Belle jumps in after him. And she, like, gets Chip out of the water and she, like, throws him up. But the tree that has the rope attached to it, like, wraps around her leg and pulls her down. She's literally being killed by Christmas guys. Yep. And the axe is trying to, like, break the ice where she is, but she's getting dragged along. The beast that appears out of fucking nowhere, smashes through the ice, saves her. And then it's the most creepy, like, fade into black scene ever. Yeah. She's, like, in the dungeons... And it's like, in the dungeon, fade black. Another shot of her in the dungeon, fade black. Beast, just voiceover. You said you'd never leave me. Fade black, beast face. Fade black, Belle's face. I just, I just wanted, wanted to make you happy. happy. Fade Says black. every abusive wife ever. But it's this weird, <laughs> I, I can't tell if it's supposed to be like Belle because she like passed out in the water or something. But it was this weird, like, creepy fade in, fade out of like her in the dungeon. That was creepy. And then it strikes midnight and he's like, Merry Christmas. Like, ooh, that's a little damn. fucking creepy. Um, and so then all the little Christmas ornaments and Angelique come down and they sing the reprise of As Long As There's Christmas. And it's Bernadette Peters and Paige O'Hara singing. As long as there's Christmas I truly believe 
So yeah, probably. So this is post montage, pre. Okay, so there's like a sweet little week right in the middle about Christmas that we don't know about. And then also there's like you know when they're in the dungeon, right? Uh huh. And then she's singing the song, and the window is like the beacon of light. Oh yeah. So it's supposed to be God. I think it's supposed to be like the star guiding light thing. So is Forte the devil? Yes. Thrice he will ask you to deny Christmas, and thrice you shall say yes. <laughs> Um, okay, favorite fucking update that they did in the remake of Beauty and the Beast is when, like, Belle's like, my favorite book is Romeo and Juliet, and the Beast is like, shut the fuck up, you basic bitch. Yep. Whoever likes Romeo and Juliet as a romantic play, is an idiot. go die. It is perfectly fine if the first Shakespeare you ever read is Romeo and Juliet, which for most of us it was. Because it's the easiest one. And you're and like, wow, I really like Shakespeare. But if you never read any other Shakespeare besides Romeo and Juliet, you're like, I love Shakespeare. You don't. You really don't. Because that, Romeo and Juliet was supposed to be a comedy, and they changed it the very last minute to a tragedy, so it doesn't make sense, because there's so much humor in it, and it's unrecognized because it's fucking a tragedy about two idiots. Four, no. 12-year-old no, in 14, love. 14, They're 14? 14. Okay. And, like, basically, they just took the ending that they were going to do for... Not as you like it. Much Ado About Nothing. Where Beatrix pretends to... Or, not Beatrix. Beatrix's cousin pretends to be dead. Yeah. And the cousin is like, oh, woe is me. And then it's like, just kidding, we're both alive. They basically were going to do that for Romeo and Juliet and be like, see, families, we should have let us get together. But then they're like, you need more depressing shows. So they made it a tragedy. Which, it didn't make sense. He should have rewrote it. Yeah. It was because there's so much beautiful humor in that. Like, dude, do you bite your thumb at me, sir? Do you bite your thumb at me, sir? Uh-huh. I do bite my thumb, sir. But do you bite your thumb at me, sir? I do bite my thumb, sir. Like, do you realize how many times we went around biting our thumbs at each other? Yeah. In ninth grade? For fun. Fuck you. Um, so, Belle gets the Beast a book. And it's their story. She's like, once upon a time, there was a beast in a castle, and nobody loved him. But he made a friend. Blah, 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 blah. And then we get the weirdest mood change. So all of the, like, Cogsworth and Lumiere and all those go to see Belle in the dungeon. And 
Lumiere's like, well, I would have made a better Christmas than Cogsworth. And Cogsworth's like, no, I would have. You're going to cut the rest. And I'm like, what is this song? That was really weird. And it was really short, so it didn't, like, make sense. The song is literally 45 seconds long. Yeah. And I think what it was is you have super depressing scene where Belle almost dies. And the ending of the movie is really depressing. So I think they're like, we just need a quick second of levity so the kids don't lose. But yeah. the, the cut above the rest should have gone after Don't Fall in Love before the whole yeah. falling through the ice thing. Because that would have made sense. Yeah. Because literally, it's just like, you two are very best friends. You shouldn't fight. Like, that's it. That's the whole song. Um, So Forte is super pissed, and he starts, like, playing really loud to bring down the castle. And he's like, they can't fall in love if they're dead. But I love the part when the beast's like, Forte, what are you doing? And then he goes, beast, you're not singing. <laughs> you're not singing. I love um, so he is, like, playing, and, like, the walls are falling down, and the windows are shattering. Um, he's, like, pushing him across the room with his musical notes. These musical notes are very powerful, guys. Yeah. Um, and so Forte, oh, so Forte, um, Fife is like, you have to stop him. And he goes, what about my solo? And he goes, oh, here's your solo. And he throws, and it says at the title, like, solo for Fife. And it's blank pages. And Fife's like, oh, fuck you. And that's when Fife changes sides. Yeah. Most selfish bastard in the whole show. And he's like, take his keyboard! Okay, and then there's some horrifying implications. Are the keyboards his hands? Yep. Because he rips the keyboards away from the wall, and, like, Forte can still play the keys, even Mm -hmm. though they're no longer attached. And Forte is, like, trying to pull forward so he can play, and he pulls himself off the wall and just, like, fucking dies. Can you imagine there's, like, a part in the original, like, all of them transform back to life, and there's just, like, a crushed old man in the music room. It's like, oh, that's right, Forte died. Shit. Um, so, he did. He super did. They redecorate the whole castle in, like, five seconds. Yep. And then, Belle and the Beast are in their, um, tail as old as time clothes. And they dance around the hall, they're like, and it was the best Christmas of all. Like, that was supposed to be Christmas? Yeah. That was, that was just like, what? What? That don't make sense. No, so then we get a flash forward again, and they're like, and that's how Belle saved Christmas, Cogsworth and Lumiere, you assholes. Yep. Um, so, Belle and Adam, and yes, his name is Adam, you dumb bitches. Everyone's like, Adam was actually invented by the fans. It's never said that his name is Adam. And while it is correct that Adam is never said in Beauty and the Beast, and it's never said in Beauty and the Beast, Enchanted Christmas... In the motherfucking Disney game, The D Show, they have a scene where they say, name this character. And they put up a picture of, like, one of Cinderella's stepsisters, and you're like, Griselda. Put up a picture of, like, fucking the cat in Pinocchio, and you're like, Cleo. And they put up a picture of the prince, the prince, as, like, the human. And it goes, who is this? Prince John, Prince Philip, Prince Charming, or Prince Adam. And Prince Adam is the correct fucking answer you guys disney approved merchandise his name is adam end of rant sorry people get really upset about that they come down to have their like storybook christmas they give chip a storybook and they're like maestro will you play us in and it's five and he's like uh-huh and he pulls it his mouth and he goes and then it's like as long as but it's like full orchestra yes. as, as long as there's christmas 
and they're outside. Belle has this new dress. It's like this burgundy red dress with like a rose on it. Mm-hmm. And they go outside and the beast gives her a present and she opens it and it's the rose. rose. Aww. And it's the end. How's it? Honestly, the best sequel of any of the sequels we've done. Yep. I love it. It's so cute. It's so cute. And Forte is just the cherry on top of a delightful, delightful 56 minutes. <laughs> so good. Okay, I'm going to get us our beverages very quickly because we're going to put together our drinking game. There's, a, there's a drinking game? We got rid of the point system because the points are boring. So here, I'll start it off. I will give, wait, let me get back in front of the mic while I explain that. Yay! Drinks. Drinks. We have grapefruit mimosas, bitches. We're better than you. Okay, so drinking game. I will come up with a rule, we will sip, and then you will come up with a rule, you'll sip back and forth. Drink every time one of the original actors has returned. Hmm? Like, when one of the people voiced is voiced by the original actor who did in the movie. It's everyone, guys, and it's an excuse to drink. Hmm. Drink every time Forte did a musical pun. <laughs> or any pun, really. Drink every time it's is con- inconsistent to the timeline in the original. Drink every time Cogsworth said something that resembled a stereotypical fat man. Aww. Drink every time he acts as offensively Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, drink every time Lumiere is a perverted dick face. Aw, with two girlfriends. Drink every time they play one of the five songs in this movie. Drink every time the beast growled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> drink every time Belle's being real stupid for being the smart princess. Okay, I need to stop sipping. I'm gonna die. Yep. <clears throat> End of game. End of game. All right, Rebecca, where can people find you? Nowhere, because I'm married now and I have time for that. <laughs> Real talk, guys. You can find her in Spain because that's where she's moving. Yeah, hopefully. I'm still cheering back from the fucking agency. Everyone cross fingers for her and make a Christmas wish that Becca gets to go to Spain. You have to do it on a Yule log, though, or it won't. Everybody put your hand on a very special Yule log, and then we'll burn it in the fire, and everybody will get their Christmas wish. I mean, last year I wished for a boyfriend, and we all saw how that turned out. All right, everybody, that's been the Stupid Sequels Podcast. Ooh. (laughs) Real talk just got real real. (laughs) Okay, guys, that is the Stupid Sequels Podcast. I love you all. Uh, Next month, our episode is another Disney movie, guys. I'm caught in a Disney swirl. People keep requesting Disney movies. I'll do some more live actions again. I promise. I know I promised you guys a Bring It On. It's just a issue of scheduling with the guest who wants to do Bring It On. But we're doing a Disney animated movie. It is about animals and it's about friendship. Narrow it down. Alright, guys. I'll see you all next month. Bye! Bye!
Thanks so much for listening to the Stupid Sequels podcast. Please subscribe and review so everyone can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at StupidSequels2 or email us at stupidsequelspodcast at gmail.com. Every episode is made possible by our sound engineer, Francis Gacod. Our logo was designed by Nicole Wiseman at Wiseshots, and you can find me online at Callie Blair on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else. And remember, even though these movies are stupid, deep down, we really love them.